I literally have Vrabel's name written down to fucking mention that obviously he's going to the Patriots. He went to the office and was like, yo, can you guys fire me? And they were like, no. So then he dropped his dick on their desk. And he's like, how about now? It's like, all right, you're fired. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is At The Helm Sports. I'm your host, Derek Helm. Thank you for joining me for episode 110. Please be sure to follow, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave those five-star reviews. Would be greatly appreciated. We're going to be diving into Super Wild Card Weekend and got the gang joining me. Dave Utnick, how we doing, Dave? Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? And Mike Carpanini. Yeah, we're going to dive into this slate. Uh, Can't believe the regular season is over already. I mean, it was a pretty good season overall. I mean, other than most of the primetime games, but from a fantasy standpoint, can't really complain. From a DraftKings standpoint, can't really complain. From a betting standpoint, I can complain a little bit since November, basically Thanksgiving. It's been a little bit rough, but doing a little bit better the past couple weeks, and I think we can turn it around before the playoffs are over, but we're going to dive into these six games. But first, kind of wanted to just go into some things about the season. And really, I mean, one of the biggest things is the coaching changes here we have at the end of the season, and I guess we'll start there. Where do you guys think Belichick's going? You think he's coaching next year, right? Yes. I guess that's the first question. Yep. It's really tough to say, you know, there are a lot of somewhat attractive job openings out there, um, whether it is, you know, with the Chargers or, you know, dare I say, I know he's got ties down to Washington. It'll be really interesting to see where he lands, but if he's going to be coaching next year, I'm sure we're going to find out pretty soon, right? Yeah, I, I would assume he'd be one of the first guys if he is coaching again to, to to get signed mike what are you thinking chargers picked up a lot of steam what a couple weeks ago maybe a month or so ago washington makes a little bit of sense there i think those are probably the two front runners um but like fuck bill belichick i, I you know fuck bill belichick like he's out of new england like I, I could not be happier there's no way he lands in the afc east so you know Fuck him. Let, him. let him go wherever the fuck he wants. I'm so fucking... See, see I, I have a different take on it. What, what if he landed in an AFC East team near and dear to your heart there, Mike? No chance. No chance. No. I'll kill myself. I will fucking kill myself. <laughs> like, no, like, it, you know, the fact that I've stuck through, like, this entire... My entire life, like, you know, I put up with a lot. I, I am not putting up with the same one that the fucking Brady talk from a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah, all those fucking memes with Brady and a Jets jersey. Like, no, I, I'm sorry. I will fucking, I'm done. I will be done. Yeah, there's probably a better chance he ends up with the Giants. Not that that position's even available than with the Jets. So it's probably a non zero on both ends. Or here it is a zero chance for both ends, rather. See, I'd rather him stay in New England because he hasn't been good especially at drafting and, and with them having high, a high draft pick, I'd, I'd rather him be there for another year and, and just fuck up that draft pick. Cause that's the other thing that people aren't taking into account. Yeah. He's probably the greatest coach of all time, but over the past couple years, hasn't really been great. And especially on the personnel front. I mean, the guy can't draft an offensive lineman or a wide receiver to save his life. And Sure, if he goes to Washington, you know, obviously they have the number two overall pick. They have a ton of cap space, but the fuck is he going to do with it? You know, he, he might light that money on fire if you're just handing him the geese. So I, I don't know. I, I could, I'm going to say it's probably Washington just because I do think that they hand him the keys. And I, I don't know at his age, you know, the guy's been on the East Coast basically his whole life. If he's going to go out to Los Angeles, doesn't really seem like, Los Angeles is the place where he's going to want to be either just as far as living there. So I, I I think it's probably Washington, but I guess ultimately that that's going to be up to Washington and, and the management there. But what, what about Harbaugh? Do you think it's, it's possible he goes to Washington instead? 
before we get off Belichick, you say that his personnel hasn't been good like the last couple of years. In fairness, it's never been that good. Like Brady masked a lot of issues on that team. Like, you know, you, you got some 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 luck there for a little while because you got a massive production from nobody's like, you know, Edelman and, and, and shit like that. Like, you know, uh, Edelman turned out to be Edelman, but, you know, it's it's Brady made that entire team, that entire offense, other than that yeah, one year with Randy Moss. So he was th- never that good at personnel. I mean, they built a really solid defense in his early years out in New England there. It was deep with a lot of talented players, but yeah, it never really filled in. And, you know, like you were saying with lifestyle, I mean, I don't see Bill Belichick really, you know, moving out to Vegas either to that same no. point. No. Now, now Harbaugh, I mean, he's got the world by the balls right now. I mean, he he could just stay there and then just, you know, he stays in Michigan. He He's the man. And he could probably get any job he wants. You know, he, he was pretty successful with the Niners. And if Washington wants him, they're, they're probably going to do the same thing, hand him the keys, and he can choose the staff he wants. He, he can choose his quarterback. They have the most salary cap of, of anyone in the NFL. So that that could be a dream job for him. I mean, I'm not a big college football guy at all. I'd be lying to you if I told you I really followed it closely. But with Nick Saban retiring – does him staying at Michigan become more attractive where he can kind of slide into that type of role also and not come to the NFL? Cause I'm, well, I mean, he was a decent NFL coach, you know, went to a Super Bowl, but you know, he's got a good thing going to Michigan. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he stayed there. No, I wouldn't be surprised. And, and I guess ultimately it's up to, to him what he really wants, you know, does he want to stay there and just continue on his legacy there? Or does he want the challenge of, basically starting over a franchise from scratch and, and building it in his image. And that really comes down to the question of, you know, what is the most attractive job out there? Um, is it Seattle with a young foundation without a quarterback? Is it the chargers with a quarterback and not much else? Or, I mean, the commanders are a heaping pile of garbage. That's as clean of a slate as you could possibly get. Right. Oh, absolutely. Especially with that pick and that salary cap. The the Chargers, I don't think, is as great of a landing spot as a lot of people think. Yes, they have a ton of talent, but they're in cap hell. And, I mean, you have Herbert, but that offense is not great. Eckler's probably gone. You have an aging Keenan Allen. Quentin Johnson is great. (laughs) It's not the best landing spot. No, and I mean, the other couple of openings that you're looking at, too, I mean, the Titans spot is not a great one either. They're, no, I think they're going to be bad for a while now. Yeah, and the Falcons have a ton of talent and been poorly coached for a while. Um, I don't know if that's got the luster of bringing in a big name like Harbaugh or you know Belichick there, but on paper, that's a pretty decent roster just missing a quarterback. Yeah, yep. So that brings me to my next question. If you're the Bears, what do you do with Fields? Mike, what do you, what do you think? If you're the Bears, are are you are you taking Caleb Williams? Are you taking May? Are are you shipping Fields off, or do you do you stay pat with him? When does Fields like he still has a fifth year option, right? Like, what's yes. his contract situation? Like, I I, I am on record saying I. I'm not a Caleb Williams guy. Uh, I think that has absolutely huge bust potential. Um, now, obviously, anyone who has huge bust potential has huge, you know, boom potential. But I don't think, like, I wouldn't touch Caleb Williams with a 10-foot pole. So if he's if, if Fields has a fifth-year option, I kick that can down the road one more year, um, you know, maybe go get myself Marvin Harrison to put with him or trade out of the pick. I, I mean – if you're keeping fields, you're trading the two because you're gonna get everything for for that pick. So that that that's really what it comes down to is, you know, what what can you get for fields? Which I, I think it could be a, a a pretty good you know, look at what the Jets gave up for a forty year old Rodgers. I mean, I'm I'm not comparing Fields to Rodgers, but he's much younger and and does have some promise. And there's plenty of quarterback needy teams out there, so. If you can get a haul for him and you can trade that second pick, or I mean, if 
you kind of got to wait between the two. Well, what are you getting for the second pick? What are you getting for Fields? But Dave, what are you thinking? I mean, you're already three years into Fields' contract, so you've got one more year, and then they can make the choice in the fifth-year option where the salary does balloon up a little bit. To me, he's just not durable enough. And, yeah, you're three years on the clock on a team that has potential, but they're not there yet. I don't think they're a quarterback away. And being able to get a quarterback on a rookie contract and have the ability with all these picks to start building around them, you try to trade down as little as you can to be able to pick one of these quarterbacks here. And maybe it's not Caleb Williams. Maybe it's not Drake. Maybe it is someone else that they want. And they're enamored with, but to me, it feels isn't the guy. Um, you got to at least get what you can with him. But man, if you stick with Fields, you're going to get an absolute haul for what you're going to be doing, trading down potentially multiple times. So maybe you run, try to play this game again next year. Um, I don't know enough about the quarterbacks coming out to know if this is a franchise changing quarterback or not. But the smart money says draft somebody else trade fields for what you can and reset the clock on the rookie quarterback contract. I mean, it, it seems like the, these two guys, you know, I wouldn't say they're generational talents, but they, they're franchise builders in, in a, in a lot of NFL scouts eyes. So there's going to be a, a lot of teams clamoring for that number two pick. And if you want to keep fields and you get a haul, I mean, you can put weapons around him and, you could probably get another top five pick next year because a team trading for that number two pick is probably not going to be great, even with one of these rookie quarterbacks. So, you know, you're going to get a ton of picks this year to help bolster that roster. You're going to get picks next year that, that could be another top five, maybe even top three pick. So I think it makes sense, but you, you made a good point there when you reset that, that salary at that quarterback position, it is huge because you can bolster the roster that way. And and if you get enough from trading fields, then maybe that makes more sense. So it, it's a tough decision, but I think one of the other things too, is the fact that they didn't fire Eberflus is just, that's odd to me because I don't think he's getting the best out of fields. And I think you need a, a more offensive minded coach to, to help him and, and, build an offense around him, not, not just run a, a regular NFL offense, but actually build an offense where it, it's to his skill set. And if you give him some extra weapons, I, I think he could be good. The other thing is, I mean, their, their actual pick, not the Panthers pick is what a top 15. So you can still take the quarterback at one or two. Um, you know, if this is a Joe Burrow type of quarterback, for instance, whichever one it is, you can take the pick there. You have another pick coming up later in the top 15. You can trade fields for probably a late first plus, and then you've drafted the best quarterback on your board and added two first-round draft picks in the process. You know you can still take the quarterback and load up on draft capital. I mean, they have, they've got a ton to play with here where they can really reshape this roster quickly, and that defense yep. got really good once yep. they got Montez Sweat. I mean, that's oh, their defense looks completely different. So the Bears might not be as far away as you think. And, you know, they have any option that they want to. They can go out and get a veteran quarterback if they really wanted to. That's probably really stupid at this point. But that team is not as far off as a lot of people might think, or at least the beginning of the season showed. Yeah. Everyone talks about resetting the clock on quarterbacks. When was the last time that actually worked? Burrow? One time in the past two decades, yeah, because you're like, you're taking a chance on these guys, regardless, regardless of how That's good of prospects there are, you don't know what they are. Every everyone talks about you know, I and I'm I'm saying this because I fucking lived it. We you know we had Darnold and we quote unquote reset the clock with yep. Zach Wilson and look where we are now. Like and and there will always be that that part of me in the back of my mind where it's like if we would have just given Darnold a chance and not wasted that second fucking pick, like we wouldn't be where we are now. Like imagine Darnold with Garrett Wilson, and I know that obviously you know that he he was he was broken when they let him go though it it they they destroyed him. I don't think there was any repair in that, but I get what you're saying. 
by the time we've gotten to Mike touting Sam Darnold, I mean, I think we've gone completely off the rails here. Um, I use Darnold because it's a close to home example, but like go back over the last two dozen teams that have quote unquote reset the clock and tell me where that was. I mean, did the Cardinals reset the clock or just really realize right off the bat that Josh Rosen was not the dude and Kyler is whatever, but. You That's know. what Tyler is whatever. Tre- Trevor Lawrence is kind of looking like whatever. Um, you know, uh, yeah, you've had, you know, pieces of success here and there on some of these teams, but none like go back over your actual Super Bowl winners. Like resetting the clock is not a fucking thing. But I don't think it's hard to dispute that most quarterbacks suck or they're average <laughs> at best. And, yeah. you know, if you have the chance to take, the best one available. Zach Wilson was the second quarterback off the board. Forget about Baker. You know, this is you get to pick your guy at the top of the draft. And, you know, for every Zach Wilson, there's a CJ Stroud out there too. The Texans are a completely different franchise. That guy, but again, he has like, and it's unfair. He hasn't had a chance to win anything yet, but he, you know, we'll, we'll see that one down the road, but there's a CJ Stroud every single year and none of them have won fucking Super Bowls. I wouldn't no, say there's a CJ Stroud every year. I mean, no, you know what I mean. We we've Dave said it. The quarterbacks are not good. I mean, what what are there? Twelve very good quarterbacks in the league, and I I mean, very good is, is being a little bit lenient there. But well, twelve maybe that number is even lower when you're talking about quarterbacks that would carry a team to a Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, that's no, what you're qu- looking quarterbacks for that you're, yeah, quarterbacks that you're building a franchise around. There's maybe six. Yeah, maybe. And again, I mean, can you pass up that opportunity? Yes, you're going to get a whole bunch of draft capital, but I mean, it's a tough spot that they're in. I mean, I don't think they lose either way, no matter what they do. I mean, no. if they stick with Justin Fields, I mean, they might. You might end up with Mark Sanchez, where you gave a guy a bad contract and you feel obligated to it. And you just keep prolonging the inevitable, but they haven't had a quarterback since uh, Cutler, maybe. But yeah, he, he, I mean, I guess he, he was probably terrible. the best of them. Yeah, you, know, you say they can't lose either way. I almost they can't win either way. Like they're that's a no win spot unless like you get the boom. Like if it's no, it, it's it's definitely a win spot because how often do you have a serviceable NFL quarterback? Have the second pick, have the fifteenth pick, and just just the no matter what they do, they're in a very good spot. We'll see. In theory, I mean, yeah, obviously, you you have to get it right, but it regardless, they're they're in a great position to improve the team, regardless of 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 the quarterback. Get the chance to go to try to hit homers and really nail, you know, franchise changing you know their future they've been really you know a pathetic franchise for a little bit now this is a way of actually getting a talented quarterback i mean just look at what houston looks like for the future you know houston was a playoff team year after year for a while during jj water and then they were the worst team in the league year after year and now they have a quarterback with a legitimate future and the bears can be on that same path but you want to talk games yeah first it is the playoffs. Who do you guys have making the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl? Dave, we'll start with you. I have the Niners. Okay. Niners and the Bills in terms of what I realistically think. Um, I'm looking at the Browns to make a run out of the AFC, but I still don't think anything changes on the NFC side. Anybody putting up, anybody beating the Niners is going to be tough, and I never believe in the Cowboys. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose in the first round, but they're the second-best team in the NFC. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And I hope the Bills win because I said it on the podcast weeks ago before they, they went on that run. You know, I think it was before the Kansas City game. I said, you know, they got Kansas City, they got Dallas, they got Philly. If they beat these teams, they're on a run, and they're one of the Super Bowl favorites. I got them at 18-1, to 1, and then after they beat Kansas City, I threw more money on the 14. So 
let's go Bills. But I, I agree with you. It, it's probably the Niners. But with that being said, it is the NFL and in a one-game sample. I mean, it, it's we've seen the Niners falter this year, and we've seen Purdy falter. So I wouldn't be absolutely surprised if they did lose. But with that being said, they are by far the best team in in the NFC and and probably the NFL. Mike, what do you, what are you thinking? What color is the the Super Bowl logo? I believe it's purple. It's it's Niners Ravens colors. It's Niners Ravens because okay. that's the script, you know. Uh, I agree on the Niners front. Although I will say, I think you know if you're looking for a dart throw, I think the Rams are a super intriguing dart throw. I think they can legitimately beat anybody on any day. That team is playing a lot better down the stretch. Uh, I, I I do think it's kind of Baltimore and Buffalo, and you know, let's see what happens. All right, well, it's Super Wild Card Weekend, so why don't we dive into it? First game on Saturday, we have Cleveland at Houston. This is probably the toughest game for me. I, I keep going back and forth, and it sucks. I I wish these two teams weren't playing each other because I honestly want both of them to make it to the second round, but. Cleveland's laying two and a half points on the road. 44 and a half is the total. I I really just, I could see this game going back and forth. Just Cleveland with Flacco, they're not afraid to air it out. And obviously Houston's not afraid to air it out. And Cleveland's defense hasn't really traveled very well this year. Haven't been as good on the road as they are at home. So I could see this being a high-scoring game, but Dave, what are you thinking here? What What do you like? And yeah, I, I, I like I, a lot. I don't know. I like a lot of. Uh, I like a lot of. I mean, I already said I like the Browns to make a run here. Um, I think they can really put up a number on this Texans defense. I'd be a little concerned that this Browns defense just shows up, and with a rookie quarterback, maybe the lights get a little too bright for C.J. Stroud in the first round. Um, the Browns defense is extremely talented, but I could see this game if, you know, they find a way to score up points, being sneaky shootout at, like, Mari Cooper. David Njoku has been a target monster since, you know, this started here. You look on the other end, Devin Singletary, again, I don't really want to play running backs against the Browns, but they're probably going to look to take the air out of the ball just a little bit, um, you know, with being in a playoff game, but... You know, you've got condensed offenses, which is nice here. Um, I do like this game in general. Yeah, there, there's a lot of pieces you could use. And and really what we're going to do here is we're going to go game by game like we usually do, break down all of them. But from a DraftKings standpoint, obviously, there's the Saturday-only slate. There's the Sunday-only slate. There's the six-game slate. I personally will probably mostly be playing the six-game slate just because you have to be less perfect. There's not that random just guy that that you absolutely have to have or all your lineups are dead so I, I i do like the six game slate a little better i don't play the millie maker i don't play those big tournaments anyway so contest selection actually isn't too bad for the six game for me but you know we we can kind of go through the strategy here of you know who we would like in the saturday only or the full six game but i i think flacco regardless of what slate you're playing but especially the Saturday slate is probably going to be one of the most popular quarterbacks just with how often he's been throwing the ball. And, and you pair him with Njoku, you, you pair him with Cooper, you know, Cooper against this, this team back in week 16, 11 for 265 and two touchdowns. People are going to remember that game. So I, I expect that stack to be very, very popular regardless of what slate you're playing. And I can't really poke a lot of holes in it, but if you do play it, you're going to have to find ways to get different. As far as running backs go on this slate, there's really not too many great ones or, or great ones that are in great positions. So I, I really think that a lot of these running backs are in play because if you don't have one of these running backs scoring 30 points, you know, it's not like we have a McCaffrey here. A touchdown and and maybe some catches could actually get you there. So I, I think Kareem Hunt just being a goal line back, if if he falls into the end zone two times, I wouldn't be surprised. And it's huge leverage on Flacco. So that, that might be more a Saturday only play, but I, I think that's viable. 
And then on the Houston side, you know, Singletary, you said Cleveland against the run is good, but he does catch some passes too. So I, I think you could possibly go there. And I don't think Stroud's going to be as popular just because it's basically you can get all the access to him through Nico Collins or Schultz. Don't know if Noah Brown's playing. Do you really want to play Robert Woods? But if you wanted to go with a, a stack of Stroud, Collins, and and Schultz, I, th- I think that's doable as well. But, Mike, what are you thinking here? Cooper. That's who I'm thinking. Cooper. Shocker. I know. I know. But it, it there's been weeks it's worked this year. So I'm going to go back to that well. It's probably going to burn me, but whatever. I'm going right back there. Um, you know, I didn't think Flacco was anything six weeks ago, and and he's just kind of one of the best quarterbacks in football. So I think, you know, you have to go there. Um, you know, I, I want to want to be on this Houston side, but I I think the Cleveland defense shows up. I, I think that is a good, hard-nosed, you know, December, January defense. And I know it's been kind of – but, you know, they clinched, what, two weeks ago? Like, they haven't had a ton to super really get after – um, I think this, unfortunately, because I really do like Stroud, I think this one could get ugly. Yeah, I, I could see it. As far as it being Stroud's first playoff game, I mean, yes. But at the same time, last week was basically a playoff game. So, I mean, you, you could say it wasn't really a playoff game, but in, in their eyes, they had to win or, or they're going home. So. I would love to be on there. Like I'm a I'm a huge Stroud fan. Like I, I would love him to ball out. Like I'll have a piece of it because you know just a fan. But I, I don't know why. Just something something that's not sitting right with me this game. Indiana's defense has made a lot of quarterbacks look good. Um, this is true. You know it's it's a different animal this week. Yeah, absolutely. And and I mean the pressure alone that that Cleveland can get could cause trouble. But we we've seen Stroud evade pressure and get the ball down the field. So I don't know. I, th- I think it's going to be an interesting game, but I, yeah, I definitely lean the Cleveland side. Next we have Miami at Kansas city. 44 is the total here. Kansas city, four point favorites at home. Now this one's going to be interesting because it could literally be minus six degrees at game time. So that, that throws a little wrinkle in here that, that makes this game pretty interesting, but Mike, why don't you start us off with this one? Back down. What game are we on? <laughs> Kansas City and oh, Miami. Okay. Uh, I think Kansas City is – the wheels are completely off there. Um, you know, Pacheco just gets a ton of volume. I'm good there. I, I'm – like, if you guys tell me Mahomes is going to be high-owned, then it's an auto-fade for me. Like, I, 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 just I don't, don't think he will. And I still might kind of steer away. Um, I think the Kansas City side is PC. Uh, I think you can dabble in Rice. I think you can obviously dabble in Kelsey. I don't think that's a side I'm going to hammer. And, you know, because it's going to be weather-related, I'm going to be cautious on the Miami side. It's hard to avoid Tyreek in any situation, in any game. Like, it's just, you know, one of the best receiver seasons we've ever seen. Um, you know, is Mostert playing? I trust Mostert more than I do Devonish. Probably, but he he is still banged up. But he's been banged up all season. But I think he's they held him out last week purposely for this week. Yeah, if Mostert is in the lineup, I I'm I'm okay going to the well there. Uh, another one I've just been a fan of, even going back to San Francisco. Like I know he never stays on the field, but when he's on the field, he's he's he produces. He puts up numbers. Um, cautiously optimistic with this game, but that weather could be a concern. Yeah, and, you know, with the weather, maybe both teams just come out run heavy. And Mostert has been a touchdown machine all year. A-Chan on 10 catches could have – or 10 carries could have 200 yards. I mean, the, the guy is a freak. So if you're playing the Saturday only, I mean, you could make a case for playing those two and Pacheco in your flex and, and – playing three running backs in this game. Cause if they're going to go run heavy, they're, they're easily the three best running backs on the slate. If you're playing the Saturday only, or, or even if you're playing the, the six game, I, I, I think that can make some sense. But Dave, what are you thinking here? I like that point. I mean, the Saturday slate, is going to be a tough one, especially with the two 
you know, different games here. Um, but you can play those two running backs together. If I told you like week six, this is what we were getting in the wild card round, you would be super excited to watch this game where the Dolphins were healthy and firing on all cylinders and the Chiefs were still not labeled as, as fraudulent as they looked down the stretch. It's a Tyree Kill revenge game. You got to play Tyree Kill. But I don't really know, especially with the weather, what this game ends up looking like. I mean, it might be a safe bet for the under. Uh, Mahomes' weapons are unreliable, but they are condensed. You're looking at Rice, Pacheco, and Kelsey. Yeah, you can sprinkle in any other wide receiver on that two-game slate that you like because you at least got you know the upside of maybe they catch a long bomb. But Yeah, I almost think on that two-game slate, you have to just take a shot on one of those guys because we always see it on a short slate. It's just some random cheap receiver – you know, if he catches a long bomb, you need him. It was Richie James for me on the Christmas slate. Yeah, I there got you go. the number that he needed and got me a nice score there. But you never know what's going to happen. I mean, it's a shame this game isn't in Miami. Uh, the weather, I would really wanted to see a, you know, 42 to 40 shootout. But I don't think that's what we're getting in this game. No, but I do think the weather's a little bit overblown as far as Miami having no chance. Yes, they're from Miami. Yes, they play in warm weather, but it's not like these guys have never played in cold weather. Half of them went to schools where it was freezing cold. So I do think that's overblown a little bit. I I don't think that they're dead in the water just because of the weather, but I think it does come down to McDaniel. I mean, what what kind of game is he going to call? Is he going to be trying to throw the ball over all over the place? Or is he actually going to go run heavy and rely on the, the run and, and short passes, getting the ball in, in Waddle and, and Tyreek's hands? I mean, that's the other thing in terms we were talking about Mostert being banged up. And, you know, hopefully that was just veteran rest because he's a 30-something-year-old running back. But Waddle's banged up too. Um, you know, if the running backs are healthy, I could see – them really trying to pound the rock as much as they can and keep the ball control going. But that offense without Waddle, I mean, Tyreek's tough to stop, but through the air and the concern with the weather is about Tua. Tua has shown in cold games he just doesn't have it, and he's got to prove himself, especially if he wants to make that leap, kind of like he's done all year. I mean, the Tua of years past is not the Tua that we saw this year. So, I mean, I wouldn't count them out strictly because of the weather, but we've never seen it from Tua. You're betting that this is, you know, a break from the norm. Yeah, and and that's and, exactly and that's what was that, like Mike? You say that that's exactly where I was where I was going. You like you say that half these kids played, you know, ball in cold weather states. Your most important position didn't. So this is true. And, you know, Miami is a pro. Alabama is as a got like aren't warm weather states. Like well, well, that know, that's why I say know. it. It's more on Mike McDaniel because. He needs to put Tua in a position where Tua can be successful. So I, I think it's almost more important McDaniel than it is Tua. It's the game that he calls. If he has him dropping back and then just chucking the ball left and right rather than than running screens and, and getting the ball out of his hands quickly and relying on that running game, then I do think they're in trouble. As far as Kansas City goes, I you know, obviously this is not the Kansas City that we've known for the past several years. So I, this might sound kind of crazy, but I think this iteration of Kansas city is the Brady early years Patriots. This defense may not be as good as those defenses were, but the defense is, is very good. And you still have the best quarterback in, in football. So I, I don't think they have to rely on Mahomes where they used to, where it, Dave, like you said, it's going to be a shootout and it's going to be 42 to 35, but I think they can rely on this defense. And, and just if Mahomes, if it comes down to a one possession game, you have Mahomes. So it, I, I, I think this weather actually plays to this iteration of Kansas city more, more than it would in the past. There is one key difference, and they do have the running game, but Checo has really come on of late when the rest of the offense looked unreliable when he's been healthy. I mean, he is a weapon on the field, and you can't say that about much else that you have around there. But Brady uplifted his receivers. Mahomes might be the best player on the field, but, I mean, Kadarius Tony isn't catching passes. 
Marquez Valdez-Scantling isn't catching passes. These guys, you know, might be the same talent level as Brady's receivers, but none of them are raising their game at all. I, I agree with that. But how many games did we see this year where, I mean, Tony alone literally just lost them the game? Or you have Valdez Scantling just miss a catch. And and I mean, there there were so many primetime games where it just one little thing goes the other way and Kansas City wins. And those things didn't go their way, and they still had a pretty successful season. Now you have Mahomes in the playoffs, and granted, Kelsey hasn't really looked healthy all year, but sitting out last week, maybe maybe he's a little healthier. I just a couple of those things go their way and just keep Tony the fuck off the field. And I I could see Kansas city going on a little run here. And just one other thing to keep in mind. I mean, we, people say the NFL's rigged all the time. I mean, how else did Peacock get this fucking game and Taylor Swift and get all these people signing up just to see Taylor Swift. If it's not rigged. I mean, you think the NFL doesn't want that to carry on to the super bowl. So he got, got their subscriptions already. I mean, everything played out the way they needed to. And yeah, unless you completely pull Kadarius Tony out of a jersey, he's going to find a way to lose the game in a big spot. Yeah, he did it more than once this year. So I don't know. I just don't trust anybody else outside of Pacheco. And I like Rasheed Rice. He's a good player, but Kelsey looks old. This offense is just... They've lost a lot of their firepower, and the defense is good. But if the Dolphins can really figure out an offense as a way to score points, I don't think the Chiefs can keep up. Yeah, and 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 that's part of the reason why I say I, th- I think this weather does help this iteration of the Chiefs a little better is rely on Pacheco, let Mahomes do what he needs to do to an extent, but rely on that running game and that defense. And I've already bet Pacheco anytime touchdown. I, I feel like that's... That's definitely coming. But I, I like Pacheco. I think he'll be pretty popular. 6,400, not bad for him. In the six-game slate, I am going to play some Mahomes and Kelsey and Mahomes and Rice and just, I mean, hope that that Kelsey maybe isn't vintage Kelsey, but we we just get enough. I, I could see an eight-catch, eight 65-yard and a touchdown game from him. And at, at 6,100, you know, it's not the Kelsey we generally see at 7,000, 7,300 on, on a shorter slate. So I, th- I think it's worth going there. And with everything I just said about Kansas City, just with how explosive some of these Miami guys are, you know, they could be getting their ass kicked the entire game and just have three 80-yard touchdowns and, and, and pull this game out. So anything left on this one? All right, let's head into Sunday. We have Pittsburgh at Buffalo. 35 and a half is the total here. Buffalo laying 10 points at home. Going to be snow. And more importantly, going to be a lot of wind. So I've heard rumblings that if Buffalo's in a state of emergency, they consider moving this game. But I don't know if that was true. And also looking at the forecast, I don't think it's going to be that crazy. Looks like... There's going to be snow, but it's not going to be anything absolutely insane. Really, it's the wind. I mean, we could see 30 mile an hour, possibly even up to 40 mile an hour gusts. So that's where it gets a little sketchy. But Dave, what are you thinking here? It's a Josh Allen Superman game, and that's about it. Um, You could play him naked. Uh, You can avoid this game altogether. The Bills win an ugly game. I don't really see much fantasy goodness in this, um, especially with the weather. And Pittsburgh's defense is good. They lost TJ Watt, makes them worse. So could, you know, the Bills really put up a number on the Steelers here? Sure. But I think this is just a low-scoring game. You know, Bills might win by 10, something along those lines, maybe a 17-7 type game. There's nothing on the Steelers that interests me in terms of keeping up with this team. But Josh Allen, best player on the field. That's about it. Yeah. I mean, most people are probably going to have that sentiment and and stay away from this game. So maybe if you're playing the three-game slate, you know, you, you can try and find some ways to get access to this just because it's going to be so different. 
Khalil Shakir. 3,400, probably going to be pretty popular with Gabe Davis is likely missing this game. So after the game Shakir had and how cheap he is, I could see people going there, but probably steering away from the rest of, of the bills. But I, I think you can make a case for going Allen at, at 8,000 and Diggs has been absolutely worthless, but it's the playoffs now and, and literally no one is going to own him. So if it's expensive, but if you want to go with an Allen to Diggs stack, if they go off, I mean, the two of them paired together might be 10, 10% combined. So just something to keep in mind there. With the snow and wind, maybe they rely on Cook a little bit more, 6,600. So I don't hate that. With Gabe Davis gone, definitely could go more 12 personnel. So Kincaid and Knox are definitely in play as well. But you said it on the Pittsburgh side. I'm not going anywhere near Mason Rudolph. You know, maybe you could play one of these wide receivers as a one-off, hoping, like last week, Deontay Johnson just breaks a long one or or maybe Pickens breaks a long one. But I'm really not crazy about it. If I was going to do anything on Pittsburgh, just maybe you could play the Pittsburgh defense, hoping that Allen's going to throw three picks like we know he's definitely capable of. And if you wanted to pair it with... Najee Harris just thinking they will super run heavy and he somehow gets 100 yards in the touchdown and the defense pays off. Maybe that's your access to this game, but that, that's pretty much all I'm looking at here. Mike, what about you? I think the Steelers as a viable punt defense is, is a good call there because Allen can turn the ball over. Uh, you know, you guys said it. I'm, I'm intrigued by na- naked Josh Allen. Um, I think Cook is a really good call. Like, I think he's he's kind of put together a, you know, better season than I thought he could. Um, so I think that's okay. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think Buffalo has to put out a ton of effort in this game. I think they can just kind of cruise control their way to a, you know, 19 to 10 win, something like that, and, you know, not really have to exert all that much effort, especially in a bad weather game if it, if it does get you know, down there again. And I like Josh Allen, you know, two touchdowns. But if he's not the one scoring the touchdowns, playoff Lenny's back, especially if you're looking at the three-game slate, you're looking at a way where, you know, just punting off one of these positions here. Would it surprise you at 4,400 if he scored two touchdowns? Not completely. So if it's not James Cook around the goal line, it's not Josh Allen, there is at least an outside chance that Fournette falls in the end zone a couple of times. They've been using him a little more. Him scoring two touchdowns would be less surprising than me last week finding out he was on the Bills. I was <laughs> shocked. I had no goddamn clue. Like I would, you know, I saw looking at the highlights. I saw a Leonard Fournette. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? How did that happen? They brought him in for the tush push pushing. That's his new role on the team. But yeah, basically, you you may you might see him get a carrier too. I don't know what his role looks like, but you know, it's mostly facetious. But playoff Lenny's the thing. You never know. This is true. Next, we have Green Bay at Dallas. 50 and a half is the total. Dallas laying seven and a half at home. This one, I do think the seven and a half could be a bit much. I I think Green Bay could hang around with Dallas here. Now, obviously, Dallas, the narrative is they have been absolutely incredible at home and they beat the shit out of people at home, but the people they beat at home... One, it was a while ago, and two, they weren't really the best teams. Now, I don't think Green Bay is the best team, but I, I do think that they're capable of at least keeping up here, and Dallas hasn't looked as good as they did during that stretch. So I do think this could be an interesting game, and, and there's there's a lot of ways you could go with it. But, Mike, what, what are you thinking here? There is a lot of ways. Like, I wouldn't blame anyone for, for just stacking all of Dallas. Uh, I also – I'm okay with almost all of the Green Bay pass catchers. Like, you know, especially as kind of a filler, kind of a PC type of thing, maybe skinny stacks, I'm good there. Um, you know, I think there's a chance this game is more low scoring than people will give it credit for, but I think that's less likely than, you know, being one of the higher scoring games on the slate, possibly even the highest um, – I will get to L.A. Detroit maybe I'm going to hammer that game. Um, but, 
there's a lot that you can kind of go here. You can you can double stack Green Bay. You can double stack Dallas if you could afford the price. Um, you know, I'm not sure I'm really touching either of the running games. Maybe Jones if if you know they start playing from behind and he gets a couple of catches. But you know, there, there's a lot that if you want to get in here, you can get in here. Yeah. Yeah, and, and with this total in this game environment, I mean, you know, if you're playing the three games late, you could make a case where, you know, obviously Pittsburgh Buffalo is going to basically be left alone. But if you wanted to just fit as many guys as you wanted to from this game, I, I don't think it's a terrible strategy. I actually like Aaron Jones quite a bit here, 6,300. He's looked really good the past couple weeks. A.J. Dillon might not be able to go. If he can't go, I, I like Jones quite a bit. But as far as Love goes, I, I do think that you could play him, and I don't think he'll be very popular uh, on this three-game slate. So I think you could go there, and, and the wide receivers are cheap. You know, obviously, Jaden Reed is... is Definitely in play, 5,700. I like him quite a bit. I, I bet his yardage over, I think, it was only 48 and a half receiving yards. So that seemed very low to me with what he's been doing the past several weeks. So I, I love him. Dobbs is a bit banged up, but 5,400, he's, he's still in play. He can catch a touchdown every once in a while. But I would definitely much rather Wicks. He, he's looked really good. 4,800 is a good price for him. Got to keep an eye. Christian Watson could possibly be back for this game. And if he is, you know, I, I don't know if I'm getting super excited to play him, but it definitely helps Love overall if, if he's in the game. And one thing we know is is Love is not afraid to throw the ball downfield. So, you know, even if if this Dallas defense is holding him in check, you know, with how aggressive they get, he he could get a couple bombs in there and and, and pay off. So, I don't hate the Green Bay side, and then obviously on Dallas, it, it's pretty easy. If you want to stack Dak, it's probably CD. But if you wanted to get different just on the three-game slate and go with Cooks and Ferguson, I think that works. And then we said it before, you know, one of these cheap wide receivers is is generally needed on a small slate. So maybe Tolbert or Gallup get there. Just if you're playing the, the three-game slate – it could make sense to go with one of those cheap guys, but Dave, what what are you thinking here? I mean, I'm hoping to see a boat race and a real, you know, really interesting, exciting game. Um, if you're stacking up Dallas, I think you pair Dak with at least two of CD Pollard, Ferguson, and Cooks. Um, if you want to go to a third, you add in one of these ancillary. Um, other wide receivers there, but you're going to be playing at least two from that group there. And yeah, like you said, the injuries are ones to watch Romeo Dobbs and Watson, you know, really open up a path to Wicks. And I think if those guys are out, you're going to see Aaron Jones with a much bigger role. Um, but like you said, the team is better with both of those wide receivers in uh, Tucker craft. Seems like he's held off Luke Musgrave from the starting, uh, tight end job over there. So the love stacks are pretty easy once you figure out the injury situation. Um, I'm hoping to see a lot of points in this game. I think this one and the next one here are going to be two of the more interesting or exciting games of uh, the weekend and especially more of the higher scoring ones because we just want to see points, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, w I will say I've been relying on Kraft the past couple weeks. He's been, he's been good, you know, but – I am worried, you know, with Musgrave, with, with the injury coming back, I could see him getting a little bit more involved this week. So I'll probably, if I'm playing some love stacks, I might have some craft, but I'm not going to go crazy with it. Yeah, it's Sunday only play, not yeah. for the full six game. I think there's too much uncertainty around that to plant a flag on one on the six game slate. There's just other places to go. Yep. Now, next we have the Sunday night game. We have the Rams at the Lions, 51 and a half, the highest total on the slate on the weekend. Detroit laying three points at home. And I don't know if you guys have heard this, but did you know Matthew Stafford used to play for the Lions? Did you know that Jared Goff used to play for the Rams? Oh, my goodness. Because most people don't talk game? about that one. It's a double revenge game, in fact. 
Yeah, and, and it definitely makes it interesting. I, I do think the Rams have been very, very good, and they seem to be healthy, you know, resting guys last week, so they should be coming into this one 100%. I know they are a lot of people's favorite of some of these underdogs here to maybe make a run in, in the playoffs, and I could absolutely see it. The only thing that scares me, though, is how many people I've heard that are on the Rams. And especially from a betting standpoint, if, you know, I, I, I think the Rams could definitely win here. But if people have lost money or even won money and, and this is the Sunday night game and everybody's going to be betting the Rams, I might just blindly throw money on the Detroit money line because... We, we've seen it many times where everyone's on a team and just it goes the complete opposite way. I, I do think the Rams win here, but I wouldn't be surprised if if Detroit just came out and stomped them. Dave, what, what are you thinking here? Well, you said uh, Christian McCaffrey's not on the slate, but the next best thing is Kyron Williams. I mean, he gets the same type of usage. As it relates to the game, Mike already called out his casual take, thinks the Rams are going to the Super Bowl, so that tells you what the public is thinking. But other than Dan Campbell being a fucking moron and getting all of his players hurt, I don't even understand how this is a conversation. Detroit is so much of a better team than the Rams, top to bottom. They've played so well throughout the year. and yeah, Maybe not defensively, but, but I agree with you. Not defensively, that's true, but, you know, uh, or coaching because McVeigh is, you know, a very good coach. But Detroit has looked dominant throughout most of the year, especially on offense. But you lose Laporta. You don't have, you know, some of these other, you know, Jamison Williams, I think, is going to be back. But you really don't have a 1A to Amon Ross St. Brown and the running backs here. And Dan Campbell has kind of been on super fucking tilt since losing that Cowboys game. So, I could see him losing the game for them, but again, you roll this back four to six weeks. Um, I don't know what what's the spread on this game. Uh, three at the moment. Six weeks ago, this is a six and a half point in a Lions favorite, and I don't think the Lions are that far off from where they were, and the Rams might be a little overhyped. So yeah, I, I, I mean. You have you have a couple bad calls at the end of that Dallas game. So, as I said, it could be a make it right spot. You know, the the entire world is on the Rams, and this game comes down to a call at the end. We we could see a lot of people getting pissed off at these refs. Just... The Giants should have beat the fucking Rams a couple of weeks ago if they didn't. I mean, is this really a conversation? I'm all. I think the Lions win an easy one, but that's just me. I think it's a conversation just because of how bad Detroit's secondary is. Now they are very good against the run, so it does worry me a little bit for Kyron, just about his upside. But with how much work he gets and how talented he is, I, I said it. This this isn't a crazy running back slate, so I, I don't think he needs one of those thirty-five point games to pay off. So I, I do think he's in play, but Stafford, Cooper Cup, Puka, I mean, I, I, I do think Demarcus Robinson at only 3,600 is going to be ve- very popular. Just people are going to want pieces of, of this Rams passing game. I do think that Puka actually gets a little bit more popular than Cup, and I don't know that that's necessarily the right way to go. Now, obviously, he can outscore him. He, he's very talented. We've seen that all season, but I could see this being – a Cooper cup blow up spot. And honestly, I, I think if I'm not going to overly stack this game, I think one of my favorite skinny stacks might just be Amon Ra and Cooper cup and it's expensive, but I can find other ways to take save some salary. And I mean, I could see both of them ending up with 10 catches. So I, I really love the two of them. They're probably my two favorite in this game. Montgomery, I don't know if I'm going to get there, which scares me because he could always have a two-touchdown game. But this this Rams defense, especially over like the last five weeks, have, have been incredible stopping the run. So it, it makes me lean a little bit more towards Gibbs at, at 6,500 just with his usage in the passing game and, and how electric he can be with the ball in his hands. 
you said Jamison Williams, uh, you know, I said Robinson at 3,600, Jamison's only 3,500. So the, the two of them will probably definitely be, be used here and sprinkled in. As far as Goff goes, I don't know if I can get there. And one of the main reasons is McVay coached him and he knows, I think, how to, you know, it, the the narrative was McVay was in his year all the way up until the microphone was turned off. And, and that was the only reason Goff had success. So I could see McVay trying to kind of hide some defenses here and, and, and just rattle Goff a little bit and, it, it does scare me a little bit from that standpoint. And then as far as Laporta goes, supposedly he actually got some reps in practice this week. So it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, that, that injury didn't look great, but if he's even on the practice field, it's pretty impressive. And he's still got a couple days before they have to go. So maybe, I, I don't know if I would want to use him, but if he's even on the field, it's definitely an improvement for for this offense. So Mike, what are you thinking here? I get why the script writers did it, and I did say that I like the Rams early, but this is like the worst draw for the – like this is the the toughest matchup they could potentially have before San Francisco. Um, this is going to be like a million to a million and five. That, that's going to be the score of this game. Give me all of it. Um, you know, I, I'm going to be so heavy on Stafford. He's going to be my highest on quarterback. He is just a fucking dog. Like I think he's going to go up there and just have a chip on his shoulder and just going to want to – you know, just want to do something there. Um, you know, throw a dart, and this this is that is a playable piece in this game. You know, Williams, Cup, Nakua. I, I could throw Higby in there. I think you could do worse at a third. You know, three thousand dollar tight yep. end. Um, you know, the other side. I'm I'm. I do think the Goff narrative is is where you were going with McVay, and I think is valid. But I could also see it being a you know two hundred and eighty five yards, four touchdowns type of game. Um, you know, the, the Detroit running game, just because it's up against the Rams, I'll pause there just a tiny, tiny bit, but I think Gibbs is still viable, you know, more pass catchers with Detroit. Like, you know, if Laporta is in, you know, if he plays, uh, you know, I think that, you know, you guys always scream, get different. Like people will be scared off of him and he's still, oh, yeah, no one will use him. So, uh, you know, if you could afford the salary, I think that's fine there. Like, just give me all of this game, inject it into my veins. Yeah, yeah. This and the Green Bay-Dallas game are, are probably the games where you really want to overstack it. But I do think if you're playing the six-game slate, if I do think that that Cleveland-Houston game could be sneaky and possibly outscore these other two. So just something to keep in mind if you are playing the six-game slate. Obviously, the bulk of, of people are going to gravitate to these two games. They have the two highest totals by far, and the most pieces you could use, but you, you could find a couple pieces from each and, and overstack that Cleveland Houston game for pretty cheap. So just something to keep in mind there. But then we head into Monday night and this one's going to be pretty gross. We have Philly at Tampa Bay. 44 is the total Philly laying two and a half points on the road. Jalen hurts questionable with a dislocated middle finger on his throwing hand. That can never be good. Doesn't look like A.J. Brown's been practicing, so it's possible he's out. And Philly has just looked like shit for the past month. It's This is sketchy. This is really sketchy. But on the other side, Baker's been banged up as well. So I don't know. Where, where do you go in this one, Mike? You didn't ask me about Harbaugh, but if Philly gets bounced here, I think Harbaugh to Philly becomes super interesting. Hmm. Just to kind of bring that back, I, I don't that hate it. Kind of a you know, that's the type of landing spot that Harbaugh would be. He's not leaving Michigan to to rebuild, but to walk into this team, interesting. I don't um, hate it. So, but that said, you, you you said it. Philly's been dog shit. I, I think they're kind of, you know, that aura of Philly has worn off the last few weeks. Um, you know, just the same thing where I said Stafford, you know, kind of is a dog. Like, I think Mayfield's got a little bit of dog in him. I think Mayfield to Evans is is always a play, especially here. Um, you know, White is is if if 
there's not a premier running back on the slate. Other, you know, Williams could be argued, but White gets volume. I, I think that's a fair play. Um, yep. You know, I don't think you can completely fade Philly, but I'm not stacking it. Like it, it's going to be kind of PC, PC little things here and there. Um, you know, I don't think I'm getting overly heavy in this game, but I'm I'm okay with Mayfield. You know, pieces all around. I will one thousand percent be playing hurt stacks. Nobody is going to want to touch it. And it's sketchy as shit, and it could absolutely cost me a shit ton of money, but going into Monday night with nobody on him, I I could see Hurts, you know, Hurts Smith or Hurts Goddard. If Brown is out, it's very easy to stack him. If Brown's out, it's literally those two. So you're telling me Hurts, even with a broken finger, couldn't throw one touchdown and then run for two? I I just you're giving me Jalen Hurts, who is easily top three fantasy quarterbacks, and nobody is going to own him. I, I'm I'm playing him just just for that alone. Now it is sketchy, you know. I I don't know if I want to go Swift. Tampa Bay is pretty good at the run, and he hasn't really looked great. Maybe you could make a case for Gainwell just because of how cheap he is. But I do like Smith at 6,700. Goddard's only 4,800. I love the Baker to Evans call. Uh, I'm going to use a ton of Evans and Godwin in the in that six-game slate. White is is definitely in play. Not a crazy price for him. Philly hasn't been as good against the run recently, so I, I do think you could get exposure there. And if you do think that this Philly defense or Philly offense is just in shambles you can make a case maybe for the tampa bay defense and, and maybe todd bowles calls a good game and, and and they could possibly get there for you but what are you thinking in this one dave your uh hurt stacks might look even better as mariota stacks by the time monday comes around oh snap but the I, he hasn't thrown a pass all week i i, I don't know how healthy he can possibly be and that's the same thing with a lot of his weapons, too. A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith's been banged up, although he looks like he's going to be just fine. Um, I like Tampa to win this game, and I think if Hurts plays, especially if he's severely limited, the only way they win is through DeAndre Swift. So you might see him put up a monster game. And, I mean, the Baker to Mayfield, Godwin, White. I mean, the stack's over there really easy. Uh, this game's gross. I uh, would like to see the Bucks win. And I'm not 100% sure what you're really going to see with Hurts. Um, another team that just got blown out by the Giants. I think that's a great barometer for playoff teams. How did you play against the Giants at the end of the year? If you can't beat the Giants, you shouldn't be in the playoffs. So I think the Eagles are trash. And yeah, with a hurt quarterback, that's just not for me. Yeah, not, not even can you beat the Giants. They got blown out. With right something out of, still to right play for. Right out of for. the gate, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they, yeah. They were down either 10 nothing, 17 nothing, and the Cowboys were losing to the Commanders at the time. It wasn't yep. like they just saw the scoreboard and, you know, gave up on it with all their starters and with the Cowboys losing and a chance, a small one, to win. They laid an absolute fucking egg. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree with all that. And I mean, you could give me money to bet on this game, and I probably still wouldn't bet on it. I, I don't trust Philly at all, but from a game theory DraftKings standpoint, if absolutely nobody is going to be on the Philly side, I'm willing to take, you know, it, it's not like they're going to be my core and they're going to be the bulk of my lineups, but I am absolutely willing to to waste a couple lineups on, on, on some hurt stacks. Make sure you throw some Julio Jones in there if you're going to be throwing in hurt yeah. stacks. Yeah, Julio Jones showdown captain, right? Wide receiver one, man. Oh, wait, no, that's that's the stack. When Hurts doesn't go, you go Mariota, Julio, Quez Watkins. All the money. All the money left. All the money left. Is there another former Falcon we can put on that Mariota, Julio Jones stack so they play together? Mm. I'm sure we could find one. Uh, Yeah, Uh, Zacharias. Zacharias. That's... (laughs) That's that's the key on your Mario. It, write, it writes itself. The Zacchaeus <laughs> Julio Jones double stacks. I uh, I am now sold. Play all the Mariota once Hurts is good. Sold out. 
Oh, man, we figured out the script. We unlocked the script. Indeed, we did. All right, well, I think that's a good way to end it. I, I really, I love this weekend. It, it's one of my favorites. You know, you, you just get standalone games all weekend long. It's it's basically very similar to Thanksgiving, but for an entire weekend. So usually one of my favorite weekends of the, the year. Definitely excited to to dive into this and, and build some lineups. But hopefully we helped you out there going through all these games and, and just giving some thoughts. I know in the beginning we took a little while to get there, but definitely wanted to touch on some of that stuff. You know, it, it season's over, so it, it's definitely fun to just kind of talk football in general and not not just always DraftKings, but we are a bunch of degenerates, so definitely have to get to the bets in the DraftKings. But definitely been a good season. Enjoyed it. Mike, any final thoughts? When's the first golf show? Probably do Tory Pines. Okay. All right. A couple weeks. Yeah. I guess I can make it. I've made it this long. And uh, I don't know. Waste waste management show might be the the first video show. So we we might be on YouTube for that one. I have to remember to put a shirt on for that one. (laughs) Dave, any, any final words? You got the best two weekends of football coming up, in my opinion. This one and the next one, just from the amount of games, the amount of high-quality games. Just enjoy it. I hate what DraftKings did with these slates, but you can play it any which way you like to, whether it's the two, the three, the six. They at least gave you a whole bunch of options. So, enjoy. Did you guys get the best ball lineups in there? Oh, I've been... I've been grinding those playoff best ball streets, guys. That uh, I thought about it, but I, I'm just gonna waste my money on DraftKings lineups and and play every slate that they have available. Yep, Browns Cowboys over stacks will look really awesome after two weeks or so, especially if you know you don't make it out of the first round. But it's an interesting game. I like it. Yeah, definitely, definitely take some strategy, especially with the the playoff wrinkle in there, but. That's going to do it for this week. As always, you can check out yardsperfantasy.com, thehelmsports.com, and themadlabmma.com for everything I do. But it's been a good one, and we're going to get out of here. It's late. I'm tired. I'm your host, Derek Helm, and remember, just have fun out there. <laughs>